Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to another episode of our Weld.com podcast. This week, I have with me Weld Zombie. He is the whole way from Washington, and I've been following him on Instagram. And Mr. Zombie, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Why don't you give everyone a little background about how you got started in the welding industry? Like, where did you get, where did you go to school and all of that? I started in the weld industry and um, actually I started out as a driller and I learned how to weld back in the day on drill rigs and kind of just evolved from that into wanting to learn more about the trade and pushing myself. So I eventually ended up going to Everett Community College out of Washington here to learn metallurgy and more into welding other Mm -hmm. than just being able to pull the trigger and make a weld. I wanted to learn the whole background on it, machines, settings, everything, properties of metal. So whenever you first got started, you so you worked on the oil rig and then you kind of did that hands-on kind of training and then you just went to school just to get a little bit more of like a degree behind you yeah that's that's what i eventually end up doing i actually graduated and got my degree in welding mm-hmm. so what types of welding have you done in your in your career like uh, whenever you were on that oil rig and then you went to school did you stay there or How did you make that transition to um, the structural steel part of the industry? I started off stick welding out in the mud and all the dirty, nice rain. And then I got into going to school and hooked up with a couple of teachers. And they were teaching me all kinds of stuff. Stick, you know, TIG, MIG, um, flux or sub arc. And it just took off from there. And one of the teachers kind of put me in his pocket and showed me the ropes and had a few connections and kind of talked to a company and was like, you really should look into this guy. He's advancing at all process of welding. And it kind of just snowballed from there into where I'm at now. How old were you around that time frame? Like that when you worked on the oil rig and then when you went to school and then you were transitioning, how old were you? I grew up on the oil rigs. I grew up, my dad was a a boss. So I kind of grew up on the oil rigs, learned how to weld when I was real young. Um, kind of started working for him and that welding aspect just stuck to me, you know, and i did a little bit of welding here and there in high school and stayed working and doing my drilling. And then I was probably about 27 years old when I decided, you know what? I don't want to stand out in the rain anymore. Mm -hmm. I I, I really liked welding. I really, I really found it fascinating that you are controlling a substance that bonds two pieces of metal together it was it was just like I don't know it was kind of my thing I just enjoyed it so much and there was so much to learn and so many different processes to learn that I 
pretty much left construct or left the drilling industry and went into school full time. Mm -hmm. So most recently though, you've been working as a structural steel welder, right? Yes. Because I saw a post that you made on Instagram and it was a picture of you and I think two other guys and you were talking about going back and like visiting a building that you guys had worked on for two years and it kind of like caught me off guard because I was like I wonder what that would feel like like what is like the feeling and like the sense of pride because that has to be something like really big to feel you know that you were a part of building something like that massive. It, it actually was amazing i'd have to say so i've been with the company i am now for six years we started out doing small little buildings like two-story three-story data centers and stuff like that and our project manager just jumped us up into the bigger stuff and bigger stuff and bigger stuff and so we've been building 37-story buildings and 40-story buildings, and we're doing all this crazy structural stuff now, mm -hmm. like, and we just happened to get called in when I posted that post on Instagram, we happened, to, uh, eight of us got called in, and they said, well, we're going to the top out, and we're all looking at them like, what do you mean we're going through a top out, and they invited eight of our guys out of our shop to go down there and see a building that we've been building for two years in the shop and got to see the top beam get put into place and got to walk through the building and it was it was actually one of the funnest times i've had in a long time to see see it come together because all we see is i-beams tubes mm -hmm. i-beams tubes and that's all we see we see clips on beams we weld all these massive you know, columns, and we never get to see the full picture. Mm -hmm. And to actually get called out there, get stood up in front of everyone and be like, thank you for meeting this on a ridiculous deadline. Thank you guys. And to walk through the building was simply amazing. Yeah, that's something really huge. I could tell the sense of pride that you had. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm glad that you got to experience that. Well, thank you. It was, it, it's still a highlight of my day. <laughs> yeah. So what is it like working with such massive pieces of steel, like those I-beams? Like, what it, I don't even understand like how many people it takes to be able to move things. I mean, obviously you're using cranes and hoists and things like that, but what is that like on the day-to-day -day basis? It, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, when you're working with a W500 and that, that's 500 pounds per square foot, you just don't grasp the concept of how massive it is, you know? you kind of get numb to the situation when you're around it all the time. And every now and then you actually have to stand back and just go, wow, I just put on a 5,000 pound base plate. Yeah. That like, that's a ridiculous amount of weight. And you know, everything's got to be calculated on the moves when you start getting into 29,000 pound columns. I mean, that's, that's just a lot of weight to be moving around. And 
we we have our our shop is set up to each station has its own gym pole mm -hmm. but that can only withstand two thousand pounds so a lot of our stuff we're moving into place is with overhead cranes mm -hmm. and there's 20 spots in our shop so my my shop's not small by any means we're 20 jib poles two overhead cranes i mean we're we're pumping what was it a hundred thousand pounds of steel out a month mm -hmm. so have you had so, any like really scary moments like have you had something where you kind of saw it happening and you were like oh shit like the, it's gonna fall or something like that has anything happened to you we were picking up a column off my bench and it was 26,900 and some pounds and we had all four hoists on both the cranes and spreader bars and we had to strap it and one of the straps gave loose and it hit our horses which are made out of i-beams mm -hmm. and it just disintegrated the horse <sighs> Oh my god, that, sounds, that it, sounds scary. It, it it was loud. It was freaky. It sounded like a freight train hitting a semi. Yeah. And it kind of it it kind of opened everyone's eyes to wait. You know, we are working around such large steel, and it's it's a dangerous situation all every day in that shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that you guys are using, you're getting a lot of safety training there too, because that's probably key to, well, not hurting yourself too, because I can imagine that there's probably times whenever you look around and there's not somebody there and you kind of just want to move something a little bit. And I mean, you're only one instance away from hurting your back whenever you're working with such heavy metal. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, everyone gets so complacent. I mean, we're around it all day, every day. So it's like walking into a 7-Eleven. You just, you don't think twice about anything until something happens like that. But, you know, like I said, you got to stand back every now and then while you're waiting for the QC guys to come over and just take it in. Like, wow, you know, it just took me two weeks to build this column and the thing weighs 27,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, you're not moving at any time without the cranes. And like I said, it's got to be calculated. And we have some guys in the shop that don't get to work that bigger stuff. And it, it's kind of funny to see them come up because they're a lot younger and they just look at it like, what, what, what is this? Like, mm -hmm. you, you did this? <laughs> Do you guys utilize any kind of um, like automation at all for like extremely long welds or like beveling or prepping your material? Like, cause I was trying to wrap my head around like how long it would take to prep things of that size. So I was wondering like how you guys handle that. So we get a lot of stuff that we call it cut to size. It comes in with the bevel, but mm -hmm. we still got to prep it by cleaning it. And, um, you know, cleaning it up with, you know, grinding wheels and then soft patting it down, getting uh, imperfections. Because even when they're cut, 
and came they come into our shop they're mm -hmm. not the prettiest yeah if everything's being ut'd or x-rayed so a lot of prep time comes in i mean and then and then majority honestly majority of it is us cutting it it's track torches or cutting it by hand and beveling it out with the you know a nine inch grinder so you're talking about um we're talking about some kind of tools in the shop too that would like be helpful for like your specific industry because we haven't had anybody on the podcast yet who's in structural steel so what would you say are like key tools that you would want to have like near you like in your workstation like things that help you make your job easier you know i it, it's funny because like everyone always like i'll take pictures of my station and whatnot and everyone always gives me crap when they see my toolbox and they notice i have like 12 tape measures <laughs> why? and they're like they're like why do you need so many tape measures and it's like I've used all 12 at one time building awnings for a massive, like a massive awning. Mm -hmm. And I've used them all at the same time. You know, you get your directional, you get all your measurements and you don't want to move a tape. So if you're pulling rack on something and you got five different pieces that are in there, you're like, man, I do not want to lose this dimension, this dimension, this dimension. So I always, I just overstock on tape measures. Um, I have probably about six framing squares and one of the one of the things I love the most and this is the weirdest thing that you will probably never see in any shop it is a two by square okay it's it's a you go down to Home Depot or Lowe's and it is it's like a I think it's called a stud square it's actually meant for two by fours and i use it on a daily basis when i do like tubes like when you're working like 10 by 10 tubing or anything like that i use that thing and we get so many people coming into our shop like what is this mm -hmm. and you're like i'll show you and then they're like whoa where do you get this and you're like lows <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, I'm getting one. And everyone in our, one guy brought it into our shop and we all made fun of him until we watched him put it on a piece of tubing. And we're like, wait a minute. You might Where be onto something. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's probably one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen. And you probably will not find it in any other shop. I have, I'll post a picture of it on my Instagram. Okay. And you guys will trip out. You'd be like, what? I'm not understanding it. Yeah, we'll have to get one. Or you'll have to send me a little clip and show me how you use it. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely send you a clip of it. Nice. So, when, so you don't work outside at all with the structural seal? Um, no. We work strictly in a shop. Okay. We're in a huge, massive shop. And we just fit it all up together. There are times that like, if you look further back on my Instagram, we did a pedestrian bridge and it was compound and all that. And we fit it or we fabbed it up, sent it out to the job site. And 
they couldn't erect it out on the jobs out on the job site and they sent it back to us saying that it doesn't go together so at that point when we get stuff like that we do go out in our lay down yard and we put it together mm-hmm. and our whole lay down yard is full of hd cameras so they can't say oh wait you did this you did that but we have fit up a lot of stuff outside in our yard just for simple facts of them saying oh no it doesn't go together right. like yeah yeah it does right so what is um some advice that you could give to somebody who maybe like got a job you know right out of like school and like they're just been working like maybe like as a mig welder or something like that and they're interested in structural steel what is some advice you could give someone who would want to make that transition This week's presenting sponsor is Como Caps. They're a family-owned business based in Louisiana, and they're well-known for their welder's caps. They take a lot of pride in inspecting every cap twice before it ships from their facility, and they also do a lot of market research to create new designs to include in their assorted bundles. Our hosts so far have loved the fit and the style, and right now we actually have an exclusive coupon code for you to use at checkout, if you go to www.comocaps, it's C-O-M-E-A-U-X-C-A-P-S dot com and use our code WELD10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. Make sure you enjoy what you love. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of people come in, you know, that I love welding. Oh, I've been this, you know, I've done this, I've done this. And then they come into structural steel. And I've always said it, I've said it on my last podcast, people that work out at the little shops here and there and want to make a jump into structural. It's like playing t-ball one day and then going and playing major league baseball the next day. Um, There's really no way to prepare for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's pretty much just jump into the wolves. Just, um, I honestly, I would recommend it. I would, I wouldn't change my path for anything in the world. I went from welding on an oil rig to welding in a, a little like college shop to jumping right into structural welding. And it's, it's so fascinating you know, that's why I'm saying you got to love what you do. And if you want to make that jump into structural, by all means, do it. Um, just prepare yourself for long hours and hard work and being scrutinized by three QC well or QCs and every bit of x-ray and UT guys that come into that shop because 90% of well, not 90, I would have to say 60% of your welds will be UT'd. Ultrasound testing. Yeah. <laughs> For people that don't know, but. Right. So are you seeing a lot of younger people like come to your company? Like how many employees do you guys have there? Do you see a lot of turnover? I see a lot of turnover. So I've been with the company going on seven years that I've been with. Mm-hmm. And in that seven years, I've probably seen about 60 people come and go. They, uh, a lot of younger kids, 
you know, that have the ambition and just didn't have the drive. You know, it's, we're working, when we're building those buildings, we are working with an eighth tolerance. Mm -hmm. All you have is an eighth. And a lot of them like, oh yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. And they fit up 42 stiffeners on a beam and they were off and it just, it destroys a person, you know, when you got to knock them all off and reset it. And I've seen a lot of people come and go because they just didn't have the the drive mm -hmm. to want to get better and succeed more, you know, or I, I would have to say that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I think that the younger generation wants to be good at something the first time they do it. And that's like a huge problem. You know, you can never be good at it the first time you do it because if you are, you're either lying or you're trying to kid somebody. Right. Or it's just luck. And the second time you do it, it might not be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've spent, I've been in this industry for a long time mm -hmm. and I spent two weeks putting stiffeners in and getting it all ready and then put it on the list for QC. And I was a quarter inch out on stuff. And spent another week tearing it all back out, reprepping it all, and doing it right the second time. So if anyone says, "Oh, I, I'm, I'm the best, and I can do it single one time," it's you might get lucky once, but you're going to mess up eventually. Yeah. So we talked about younger people joining the industry. Does your company, um? Like, like, do they have, like, any kind of events or anything to try and recruit people? Are they currently hiring welders? We, we always hire welders. We don't recruit anymore. When I met the company, it was actually um, one of the old timers that was there for 20 years. He actually went around with um, one of the owners to companies because they were looking for newer welders. Mm -hmm. and I was on the last go around of it that they happened to come and get me and ever since then it's just pretty much um I think they put an ad on indeed or is it, or it's like by word of mouth like I can get a friend welding there or I can you know and that's how it ends up happening the people that are working there end up having their friends come in and seeing if they work out So have you ever thought about started your, starting your own business or do you just like working there and you like having a place where that's where you go to work? You know, I like working there. Um, I'm actually been kind of dabbling around with possibly starting a clothing line with mm -hmm. my, you know, with my logo that's getting ever so popular with companies. It really is. That's my next question. Don't go too far into it because I'm. That's my next question. I'm going to tell you 100%. You should. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I kind of been dabbling around with it. I've been talking to companies. Um, I'm getting supported by my wife at this point now because she she's the reason I have my Instagram. Mm -hmm. She was like, "Oh, you should." My my daughter was like, "Oh." you're the best welder ever. And she was real young when it, you know, and it pushed me to be something better than what I was. And 
it just kind of snowballed and so I've been like the last couple of weeks I've been really dabbling around with starting my own um weld zombie or I was going to call it weld zombie welding apparel mm-hmm. because um this is definitely my trade I was born for it I was raised in it and I kind of just want to give back yeah and I want to make welding clothes for welders right that's important because whenever there's like somebody who's a manufacturer, you can just tell even how they advertise things that they have no clue what people want. Do you know what I mean? Like if, even if you look yeah. at some of it, it just looks uncomfortable. And then especially women too, you know, take that into consideration too. Like you can easily talk to women and say like, hey, what do you guys not like and then you got you could make something to fit women too and you could really fill a gap there because that's a huge issue it's something sometimes it's something so stupid as like pants and like the gap that you get in the waistband you know what i mean or gloves like they have even sometimes extra small gloves are still too big for some women sometimes they need like an extra extra small or like some kind of petite cut or something yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where it came from. I've spent so much time under the hood and in some situations that it's like, man, these people just, um, I'm spending this money for a company. It, it makes clothing, but doesn't understand what it should be. Mm-hmm. And I I go through so much stuff, you know, I, I actually get products from, like I said, weld porn and... Mm-hmm. Um, other companies because they're like hey we want you to beat the crap out of this and let us know what it is an honest opinion about it mm-hmm. and I'm like send it my way I'll destroy it yeah yeah I saw that you made uh, quite the brand for yourself because I saw that you had gloves um, and you partnered with Blue, Deem, Blue Demon so um, I know Brian DePaul pretty well so did you help like did you tell him like some ideas for that glove like to make it something that you would want like a prototype or something or how did you guys land on that So I got to start off with saying Brian is an amazing dude that guy has helped me out in my career so much that guy he's just he is the man so I brought I've always ran because I'm doing like four foot long welds and single passes. Mm-hmm. And I got so sick of the bulky ass gloves that Tilleman was putting out. And they're like, Oh, there, there are MIG gloves. And they're like, no, it's half a cow on my hand. How can <laughs> I feel anything? You know, it's like, well, it protects against heat. Yeah. But anyone that's ever ran cowhide gloves, knows that your fingers are not supposed to touch the back of your hand when you're welding. Mm-hmm. And cowhide shrinks like a hell of a thing. And so, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'll try this glove. And I got a hold of Brian and I was like, hey, can you send me a pair of your uh, micro ticks? And he was like, okay. And I was like, hey, can you send me a pair of your MIG gloves? And he's like, wait a minute, I, I don't get asked that a lot you know like Megan Tig gloves and I was like yeah and so he sent me a pair of his micro tigs and his um regular mid gloves and I sent him a picture of my trigger hand using the micro tig and 
the my left hand using the mid glove and i sent a picture to him and he messaged me back and he's like what are you doing zombie and i'm like this is this is kind of what i you know how i weld mm -hmm. i was like i like to be able to fill my trigger and not have such a bulky glove on it and he was like hmm so he is like call me after work and so i he sent me his number and after work i called him and me and him had a chat and he was like, okay, well, I'm going to send you a couple of gloves and you tell me what you like or what you want to change. And so he sent me a box full of different kind of gloves and I came together with them and I was like, well, let's do this different. Let's change this. Let's put this on it. And he was like, okay. And he's like, hmm. And I was like, dude, I, I've never seen a company do this. And he's like, well, I'm going to run with it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, he was like, send me your logo. I'm going to put it on the glove for a sign of respect. This is what you came up with. And it's all been history since then. We're actually kind of working together right now on revising them mm -hmm. for a second run. They're going to be pretty amazing on the second run. So he's helped me out so much that I, I don't think I could ever repay that guy or thank him enough. Yeah, he's a really cool dude, and he's built something really awesome. He's way more involved, you know, than any other person, I think, that's, like, behind the scenes, but he, he does so much, and you know what you just said is that he, he said he was going to do something, and he really did it. He really listened to you, and he really took it the whole way, and those gloves look really awesome, so I was like, I wanted to hear the story about how those were created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he he did him right he he that's what i liked about blue demon so much he is one of a company that's he's a big company mm -hmm. and a lot of people all over the world use his filler wire and use all that but he's a guy that owns a big company that will talk to the lowest person on the totem pole yep because like he's told me the welders know what they want. Yep. You know, that's, that's why you talk to the welders. They tell you what, what needs to be, you know, other than some corporation going, Oh, well, I got, I got this idea for this glove. Look at these really cool gloves and pass it around to five people that never touched a welder. And they're like, Oh yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So did the same thing happen with edge too or what was that that i saw that you had your um cups and you had like the edge case and it said weld zombie in it did they just do that special for you or did you do something about those cups as well you know like it's it's hard for a mig a mig welder and a tig welder world you know that's what i've always said yeah um everyone wants to see pretty welds and everyone wants to see color and everyone wants to see tig welds you know, so it's it's hard for a MIG welder like on Instagram to get so many followers and to do all that. And I TIG weld on the weekend. A lot of people don't know that I TIG weld. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be coming up with more content for that TIG weld and show them. But I approached Edge because I, I won their, I won a giveaway from them. It was a huge toolbox full of every cup that they make. Okay. And I kind of came to them and I was like, hey, have you guys ever made a MIG cup? And they were kind of like, well, no, 
we never made a makeup. And I was like, they were like, we've been thinking about it. We've been talking about it. Um, I was like, okay, well, I'll send you a couple of cups and a diffuser. And this is what, you know, what I run on my make welder at work. And they're like, okay. So I sent it to Stacy mm-hmm. and she replied back, got the package. We'll let you know. The next thing I know is that I got this package in the mail and it's a mid cup. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like you're telling me this is the only mid cup ever made. And they're like, yeah, (laughs) let us know, let us know how it goes. And I took it to work and it was a little too tight for my mid gun and it cracked. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh no, I broke it. It still fits, but I broke it. And a week and a half go by and I got another one sitting on my doorstep and I was like wow they're like we're really serious about starting a MIG line and I'm like I'm I'm fully down with it so I've actually been using that MIG cup for I'm thinking I'm hitting almost 400 hours on it oh wow is it glass or is it ceramic it's glass oh wow or crystal I think they call it yeah but, you know, I've been getting so much negative and positive stuff about it. You know, people saying, oh, what do you need it for? What? Um, hey, same thing happened when, you know, TIG Cups did that same thing. You know, mm-hmm. they're always going to be negative Nellies out there. And I'm like, you know, I honestly love it. I love welding overhead in it because you have nothing obstructing your view anymore. You get into tight areas, you have nothing obstructing your view anymore. Um, Cleanup on it is amazing. Super easy. You let it cool down, use your finger, and it comes right off. Hmm. Um, So I gave them my feedback, and the next thing I know is they're like, we're making three cups, or they, I gave them my feedback, and they were like, well, we need an ambassador for it. Would you mind being the you know our ambassador and I was like I would be honored to mm-hmm. I'd be the only MIG welder in a TIG company I was like honored by it and mm-hmm. so they released three cups in the zombie styles and then they released other ones because I mean not everyone runs a 24 inch or 24 uh cup like I do mm-hmm. so they released other ones for other welders, like uh, like Miller welders or Esau welders. They'll they'll make one for any welder out there. But the, that's really it was, interesting. It, I was like, you know, like I said, with the whole thing with changing the gloves, the whole thing changing the nozzle. It's like I wanted to make a change in MIG welding. Yeah, there hasn't been a big change in MIG welding for god knows who how long you know and i was like you know it's time to step up and change the game for mig welders yeah you're definitely doing that i love that you are so creative and that you see like not really an issue but you see how to make something more efficient or you see how to make it more comfortable or and then you really do it you know every a lot of people have great ideas and a lot of people start a whole bunch of things but you really took so far two ideas and took them and really made them happen so I'm excited for you to see what else you do in the industry and 
if you do come out with a clothing line, you can let me know and I would definitely help you promote that since that would be a small business for you. We would love to get behind you at some point and support you all that we can too here at weld.com. Oh, I would appreciate it. Yeah. So what else was I going to ask you? You told me that you wanted, you may start that business and I was going to ask you, do you listen to music while you work? Yes. All day long. The QC guys hate me for it. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't put earbuds in, in our air industry, like in our shop. Yeah. It is not the smartest thing. And when right. somebody's flying that massive weight over your head and you can't hear him because he got music in your ear. Um, so I got my Bill Walt, you know, Bill Walt work or construction site, uh, radio hooked up and plug my phone in it and jam out to music all day long. Got my playlist loaded up and they don't like me because <laughs> I go from listening to like Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly to Iron Maiden and then it jumps into um country okay. so i listen to it all at work <laughs> they probably look over like what mood is he in now yeah yeah i mean i i've jammed out to um hank williams and johnny cash and you know it's like they're looking at me like this guy was just listening to irish punk and now he's listening to country yeah you have to have a variety Depends on the it, mood. Oh, that, and it's funny because, like, I use YouTube as my, you know, uh, way of listening to music. And so it saves, like, all these, like, songs and puts it into a playlist for you. So, I mean, I'm not even kidding. It'll go from Flogging Molly, Float, like, the song's called Float, mm -hmm. right into um, Hippies and the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> it goes from one extreme to another extreme. Nice. So it sounds like you're really happy with what you do in the industry. And like I said, I'm really excited that you got to come on the podcast and just share your story. I knew that you were going to have an awesome story to share. And I know somebody listening is going to be able to relate to you or maybe get inspired or maybe they have ideas too. And they can know that, you know, if they see something you know with tig welding or whatever whatever their job is plasma cutting or maybe it's something completely outside of welding if they might be listening but that if you really set your mind to it that you can make a change and um, give back to the community yeah i mean like i've always like i did um art junkies podcast and mm -hmm. i'm like i'm open to anyone to message me on instagram and ask me any question if you want help with welds and setting your machine, I'll, I'll talk to anyone, you know, it's, you can never get too big and not know where your roots are, you know. Um, one of my teachers always told me, you know, if you get hired into a shop, you always look for the oldest, nastiest, dirtiest welder. And if he doesn't rip your throat out, he might give you some good advice. <laughs> and, and that guy was, the most amazing guy I wanted to adopt him as my grandpa and I used to just sit there and pick his ear every chance I got and I took his advice and I went into the structural industry and some of the nastiest oldest welders I just I 
became buddies with and it takes time. They look at you like you're an outsider, but you know, they gave me a lot of good advice. They showed me a lot of tips and tricks and I'm always open on my Instagram. I mean, there's, I've noticed that a lot. Like you'll see somebody that's really good and you'll message them and you'll never get a response. Yeah. Like they're, too, they're too good for it. You know, right. I answer every DM message I get. Yeah. That's nice of you. I really, I think that that's important, especially for the younger kids, because I've said this before, the ones that are in high school, you have no idea how many messages that we get on our inbox, like on weld.com, like on the um, website. And they're asking us like, Hey, I want to get into welding. Where should I go to school? And you know, if like, if we were too busy and if we didn't have somebody like monitoring that, like how, like I make sure to answer that, I check that at least every day, at least once a day. And I reply to them. But if like somebody's too busy, like that could be like, a defining moment like where they might just go and do something else because they're like oh they don't care or whatever or they if somebody's a really good TIG welder and they're like man that's what I want to do but they know they have to get started but they don't know how to start sometimes they just want somebody to reply yeah you know and it, it it's to to all the guys that you know are up there and honestly that are being looked at answer your dms yeah these kids and people want to know stuff and it's almost heartbreaking when you don't get a like get a message back and it's like man i just wanted to ask how did you do that process how what 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 were your settings you know and it's like i said you got to know your roots i mean be humble we all started at the bottom some of us are at the top but you all gotta just be friends. I mean, Instagram's the best platform I have ever come across. I once once I started Instagram, I got rid of my Facebook. I'm only on Instagram. I'm on Instagram all the time. Wife gets a little mad every now and then, but the yeah, but you know what? It doesn't take that long to to reply. You know, either. So no. I mean, they because you know people were on it. You see them liking stuff, and you see them commenting on like other people that are up there. I just think that they should make the time to do it because, in it, honestly, it's not like you're giving away a trade secret. Like if you if you're short staffed at your job and you want you're complaining that you don't have enough welders, but you're not supporting people in your messages to help them get a you know a leg up, then you're really yep. just hurting yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people are actually following you and looking up to you for a reason, you know, and it's like a lot, I see a lot of people like, when somebody starts following me, I'll look, you know, and if it's some new kid or somebody, it's like real low down there and just started and they wanted to do welding, I'll follow them. Yeah. I have no problem following them. You see a lot of people not do that, you know? Yeah. We do too. We started um, ever since I've been here. I know that like there's sometimes like a thing like where accounts don't like to follow too many people, but I'll even get some like welding students who will say like, it would mean a lot to me if you'll follow me back. And guess what? I follow them back because if that's what's going to make their day, then I'm going to, I don't care who tells me to not do that. I'm going to, I'm going to follow them back. Like I'm not going to break their hearts over, you know? 
and yeah, then they I'm, share it on their story and they're like thank you so much you know and, the, and then if I like their post they share like a screenshot like oh my god weld.com liked my post it's just cute yeah I, I mean honestly I still get giddy when I see like oh, who was it uh AHP welding yeah they just started following me and I was like oh dude thank you so much like I was like it's an honor you know and I talked to them and they were, I was like, yeah, I'm going to start releasing a lot more TIG content and stuff, you know, from at home. And they were like, well, if you do that, then maybe we'll work out a deal with you. Yeah. You know, it's you just got to don't be afraid to use words, <laughs> you know, talk to people. Yeah. Well, it's all I'm, about networking, too, because yeah. even if you even if it's not for yourself, you can help someone else, too. Right. I made a lot of good friends off of Instagram, you know, in the welding community. It is, I'd have to say by far the best community that I've ever seen on any social media. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you, what your screen name is? You can find me at weldzombie.com or well, weldzombie. Well, what was it? Weld underscore zombie. Yeah. Weld underscore zombies where you can find him. And like he said, you guys can message him. And that's about it for this episode. I really appreciate you coming on. And I hope that we can talk soon again, too. If you launch your clothing line or maybe I'll think about something else for us to talk about because I love talking to you. Right on. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you and being on weld.com. Okay. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 